0: Hey, Guild members. Have you found some time to relax and play a little bit this summer? We sure hope so. Welcome to our first of several minisodes for GLG's Summer Pop Culture Playground, where you get the benefits of checking out a little bit for summer while still having the opportunity to check in on fun, relevant topics in a game we're calling Six Degrees of Education. Today, we unpack the connection between what we know about education and learning and HBO's epic political fantasy, Game of Thrones where kingdoms vie for power over one another for the coveted seat on the Iron Throne. And let's be real, who hasn't bonded over some dire wolves and dragons? Listen before it's too late, and spoken like a true teacher on summer vacay, or torment himself. Winter is coming.
1: Welcome to the Grounded Learners Guild Summer Pop Culture Playground. Normally in our episodes we set an intention, but our intention in this summer series is to get away from the heaviness and difficulty and struggle of this past year and just have some fun. So we're going to be hanging out and enjoying some binge-worthy silliness, but still connecting some pop culture and or entertainment-related ideas to the world of education teammanship, and learning.
2: Right, because we can't make the metaphor stop. We just can't turn our brains off. So the metaphors nope. are automatically going to be there. And that's ultimately why we picked the game Six Degrees of Education. So we're going through, over the course of the summer, pinpoint some pop culture music, TV, films, and just make connections between our world as teachers, as instructional coaches, and instructional leaders to those things so people can see that learning and education and teaching permeates all the things.
1: So that's the idea behind the game. Oh, NPS, th- yes, it might be pop culture like for people in their late thirties. It might be <laughs> stuff that's happening right this second. Might be or
0: well, some of <laughs> yeah, I think some of the things we got brainstorm might be Things for that are important
2: it. to us in yes. some fashion. Yes. Entertaining.
1: As to entertaining yeah. to us. Yeah. It's gonna run the gamut. We hope you enjoy so ho- it.
2: Hopefully it's entertaining to our listeners. At least well. it will be for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so as with anything, we are the Grounded Learners Guild who like to ground most of our things in something. So we need to ground this game in some norms there are two and the first one is we're trying to make these 20 minute episodes mini sods. we want to see if we can shorten these up make them a little bit more quick because you know in the summer you've got a lot of time to invest in yourself but we should also be hanging out by the pool and the second one we've got is spoilers may follow so just be aware of that so exactly. our first one is game
2: of thrones so guys why are we talking about game of thrones today so we're talking about game of thrones today because we mentioned in one of our previous longer season one episodes that it was one thing that we all had in common and it's something we all enjoyed together as a group so it's part of our guild backstory and our guild narrative so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to unpack some characters and not your typical characters in game of thrones and try to identify some connections between those characters and teaching and learning so the first character i'd like to throw out to you both is egret so who is egret emily our token Game of Thronesian
1: expert. So, Egret is the primary force I would say that we get to know in the free folk, at least early on. She is the first love interest for Jon Snow, even though she thinks he knows nothing. And I think that when you look at somebody who's got a very independent spirit and puts themselves out there to the max, we are looking at some of those true blue educators who are really, really excited about their craft and very committed to doing things a certain way.
2: And I would say that part of the reason I had her initially on here is because her story is just so tragic because of the risk taking. Sometimes our teachers who are willing to put themselves out there and take risks often feel like they have to step in front of the bus, they step in front of the proverbial arrow to kind of either protect their kids or protect their teammates because they have that sort of teacher as martyr complex. So that's initially why I had Egret on there. Jenny, do you remember Egret at all?
0: I do. She's, you know, she's the wildling. And that's what I love about her. And those are the types of spirits that you want to foster their love for stepping outside of the box and not doing things so robotically. And so that was her. She didn't have to answer to anybody. I mean, she was that she was redheaded, right? Yeah, Yep. Like, yep completely redheaded wild like she just wanted to be herself and her love story in that was awesome but then yes her ending was nevertheless tragic. tragic. awesome yeah
2: all right next one we maybe have a, have a theme of redheads in this episode but our next character is torment so do we remember who torment is oh we, we do love our and gingers. i <laughs> just realized
0: prior to actually hitting the record button i just found out that you two find him very attractive <laughs>
1: I mean, not I didn't Traditionally know that. so, but like you get to know him on the show, and he's kind of a babe. So it's the <laughs> confidence, that. right? It's the
2: confidence, no yeah. apologies. He is who he is, he's not going to apologize for it, and he's just going to do it. I love Torment. Because we all need that person on our team or in our guild who is the comic relief, who is that person we go to to make us laugh. When we have those bad teaching days where a lesson bombs, you need to have somebody in your corner willing to make you laugh, help you laugh it off, shake it off. And to me, Torment was always that, number one. But he's always the one who knows his stuff. Like he has seen a lot and he is that trustworthy
1: confidant as well as being that comic relief and yes he's he's yeah it's true he's been through it all but there's some of the most intense scenes on the show and then they pan over to Tormund and he just does something with his eyebrows or makes a weird face at Brienne or something and then you're like oh god (laughs) gotta laugh (laughs) gotta laugh you too. this guy keeps it going yep
0: yep I can honestly say I never got the vibe of attraction but To each their own, that's okay. But yes, he is the comic relief, and you guys have already touched on that. But he also escapes death over and over and over again. And when you think of how (laughs) trying to keep this light instead of dark, but like you gotta be resilient and persistent. And this guy really was on that show. And the other thing I loved about it was his unending love for Brienne. (laughs) Oh God, that was (laughs) and she was not at all interested. But he loved her and he was very loyal to her. So you also find those that you work with that are completely loyal to you.
1: It was so funny, too, because he found a way to even be respectful, even though he was so out there. It was one of the most respectful breakups on any show, much less Game of Thrones, where everything was on fire (laughs) all the time, literally, sometimes. It was so great. All right. The next one is my favorite, and it's about the King of the North. But I can never just say the King of the North. I have to go, King of the North, because... (laughs) (laughs) Just how it goes in my head. It's so good. (laughs) Love it. So fantastic. I mean, I feel that in my soul. King it and off. And the reason (laughs) you feel it that way is because this is about leadership that the people can get behind. So when you think about an inspiring leader in education, you've got all the guys and the girls in the North with their swords up chanting, King of the North, King of the North. (laughs) They're doing that because they're excited and they feel like they are on board. Anything to add to that? Yeah, well, this is the leader that has
2: actually shown people that that person is willing to step in and support them. So the reason isn't just that Rob is Ned Stark's son. But he is also showing himself to be a brilliant, well, until the end, but a brilliant mind at war. So it's not just he is the next in line for the throne, but these people actually show up and are the people's leader through their actions as well. And I think oftentimes, as we saw in Game of Thrones, the people's leaders, the ones that they themselves choose, can have a target on their back. Because they're so respected by the individuals within that system that those who maybe haven't selected that person to be their leader – are kind of interworking some nefarious things behind the scenes.
0: The integrity piece is just that's where it's especially when there's so many games being played and when there's so much manipulation and ego out there and you think of some of the other leaders in the other kingdoms are always scheming. And so what the King of the North I can't even say like I'm King of the North. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What he does for his group of people is that he unites them with this moral code and ethics and it's
2: The shared values. I want to be part of that. The shared values. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of the seven kingdoms, we also have on here another degree of education as the seven kingdoms. So if you recall, I'm going to start with four because that's all I know off the top of my head. So Dorne, Lannister, the Iron Islands, House Tyrell. What else? Aren't there Baratheon?
1: Oh, yeah, the Baratheons. Yeah, no, I mean, and obviously the north, we just talked about them. Well, because are the kingdoms different than the houses? Stupid question.
2: You're probably right. I they just are. The there's
1: <laughs> there's a lot more houses that <laughs> yeah. aren't don't have their own kingdoms, but there are houses that rule an entire kingdom or are the head of one of the right. kingdoms. Like King's Landing is the kingdom. The north is a kingdom. Yep. They're always trying to crown their own kings, but it works out with varying degrees of success. Anyways. As
2: we yes, as we know. So for this, the Seven Kingdoms are the various initiatives that districts are trying to bring to their systems. We're always trying to bring the new thing or the thing that that kingdom has over there Mm -hmm. to ours or to make ourselves be like that other system over there. So I do think that there's warring factions within different districts to try to be or one up that other district. So that's how I'm connecting. Do we make any specific connections?
1: Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Not gotta keep there. it short. Stick to the norm. All right. <laughs> yep, 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 but that. I do
0: think I do think that there's something to be said about we can't succumb to that line of thinking. Because I think humanity in one way or another sometimes resorts to that way of thinking. It might be kind of biologically ingrained in how people organize themselves. Right. But if we're really sticking to the heart of why we're in education and what we're doing, why we're doing it, it's gotta be more about those key concepts about kids and and their learning and their needs over what the kingdoms are representing and who you work for and who you are
2: loyal to. Right. And so many people cross districts or cross counties in order to work and live and play and they're all a part of it. So we should be sharing our resources, sharing our ideas, and not in that competitive sort of spirit. Agreed. All right, so next.
1: Kumaya. Now let's talk about dragons. <laughs> <laughs> dragons, yes. Oh. Okay, so when I'm thinking about the dragon in this show, I feel like the dragon is the thing that becomes the decider when there's conflict, that is the trump card, so to speak. And I've decided that, speaking of the kids, the idea of we're doing this for the kids is is just like having a dragon. So think about it. Think about it, guys. Those dragon eggs. And then when the dragons are born, all through the early arcs of the show, that is used mostly for good. Not in every single situation, but there are slaves being freed. There are real, genuine lives in mass being improved. So when we do things with the kids in mind, when we do things with the dragons, most of the time... It's looking good. We're improving things. Things are going in the right direction. I do think once in a while, when a dragon is used against the wrong people or the wrong group of people, that it can go a little bit Daenerys end of the last season, yeah, where... Like, what? She decimates things no, this <laughs> This shouldn't be used to hurt people. We no. no, we all want this. So sometimes when something seems like, and I've gone about this in my Unpopular Opinions episode, so I'm not going to go bonkers down this road, but more or less when kids are set against staff or when kids right. are set against their parents or their teachers or when kids are even set against something that could legitimately help them or be an ally to them, that false dichotomy sets up a really ugly battle that should never happen. And I think a lot of people would talk about the final season that way. But overall, what is it? Six seasons of good, exciting triumph with those dragons being used as helpers. And really, the it's for the kids, more often than not, is really the thing we all believe in and get behind and the masses can assemble around. Just like the dragons. I'm watching her time. I know this,
2: but I'm going to say one thing. I think there's also something to be said for when she's in, oh, what's the pyramid place in Slaver's Bay? Korth? There's an M. No, it's like an M. Marine. Marine. Oh, again, at the same time. And she locks them up that's sort of similar or synonymous to the yeah. kids can't do that so it's that feeling of control so sometimes when we're in as teachers that insecurity state or we're not ready to give up creative control over to the students that's like her feeling pressured to put them into that pyramid box i just thought it was your it's for the kids the kids being kind of the dragon is just so brilliant
0: And when they're trained in such a way that they're set free in a responsible way,
1: how beautiful is that, right? Yep.
2: Yep.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Those scenes of the dragons flying are majestic. Again, when kids are set free, it's so
0: beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Yep. Love it. We're
2: keeping track. We've got one more, right? Yep. Yep. We've got one more. And that is the Stark sisters
1: narrative. So, Um, yeah. Arya and Sansa Stark are interesting because they're always set as conflicts or against each other at the start. But in reality, I think both those storylines, what people can take from that is how to survive a crisis. When something goes awry or when you feel directionless or when you don't know what to do, what are some options for you? So start with Arya. What does she do? She completely
2: reinvents. She becomes part of the Faceless Men or at least trains to do that and has to shed her old skin metaphorically, and kind of fit and become someone new. And that's sometimes what you have to do as a teacher, be willing to break yourself down into the basic parts of it and try to reinvent yourself and figure out what's going to drive and motivate you. And we hope it's a positive thing and not a list of people that you want to go after, but or initiatives that you want to bring down to the ground, but reinvention.
1: That said, she does always have a goal that she ties herself to and she educates herself further, learns more, and gets better. I mean, could kind of be like someone with a goal going back to grad school, just way more stabby. (laughs) (laughs) She
0: no doubt is somebody that you can consider a hero, especially, I love her. Episode three of that last season, what she is able to do and how she comes back and triumphs and she is just a badass and it's pretty cool. I know, I know. Uh, When it comes to Sansa, she assimilates. She's in the heart of the ugly and the manipulative. And she's really got to figure out how she can survive. Arya leaves. She's like, peace out, deuces. I'm going to do my own thing. But Sansa has to figure herself out
2: while she's also got a lot of heat. She's in the fire. Well, and I equate it to like the learning pit, especially now when so many teachers were thrust into this learning environment that was so incredibly challenging for them to teach students in. That was a huge weight on so many teachers, but they were resilient enough, observed, leaned into their strengths, learned, and eventually found some sort of success, whether they want to admit it to themselves or not. But I think a lot of teachers were able to find that. She was early on early seasons
0: mm-hmm. you don't
1: like
2: her very much but you see her live up to
0: that king of the north, Emily, king, of the the th- north.
1: <laughs> king of the north <laughs> queen of the north, <laughs> of the north. <laughs>
0: she lives up to her family's integrity and she yeah. actually from the modeling of her predecessors
1: and her family members she actually comes back to good And in truth, because she's learned so much and assimilated so deeply, I think she's the queen that's going to stick in the North, whereas the others kind of came and went because they were a little too committed to one thing or the other, and she was constantly learning on the fly. Mark my words, she'd still be sitting that throne. Queen of the North.
2: (laughs) All right, so we have three more minutes to do our final game. So our final game is if you were killed (laughs) on Game of Thrones, how would you be killed? So we're picking for each other, right? We are picking for each other. It's hard. I don't want to kill you guys off. I don't I don't either, but I did enjoy
1: this task. It was pretend it's like an (laughs) alternative universe. All right. George R.R. Martin kills everybody good. So you know.
2: (laughs) All right, let's start with Jenny. So I said Jenny dies like Marjorie Tyrell. In that she's warning others. No, 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 no. No, No. she's the queen. So she's warning others that the wildfire is beneath and about to explode. And you end up exploding while trying to help other people.
0: Hmm. What does that say about me? I don't know.
1: Maybe it was all the talk about egret, but I would see you going out a little more that way. I think that you're a warrior, you've got your bow and arrow, you stand above it, you observe, you try to make good decisions. But if you were to go out, it would be in a battle, and it would probably be defending somebody. Your, your loyalty stands out, and I think that, that you could go out egret style, no regret style, and be okay.
2: It's the service of others, I think, is where both yep. of us are coming from. You're Truly. very much a servant leader okay Emily's here. how do I die all right yeah
0: how does Emily die I'll go first okay so I don't know if these are gonna connect but I just love I picked it more because the death is hilarious the type of dying is oh no <laughs> it's not any actual person I didn't attach it to a character I just thought Emily if you had to go I would send you to the eerie and you'd go through the moon door <laughs> push you in Geronimo
1: All right. Pissed (laughs) off the wrong crazy lady.
2: (laughs) So I went back and forth, but I actually picked the hound. So if you remember the hound, he ends up taking out his brother with him. And so much of the early stories' narrative, we were wrong about him. And I remember in your failure episode, you having that narrative of you were wrong about me.
0: Look, at have points out, bonus points speech. Yeah, yes. connected it to another episode. Yeah, well settled. so You, would Casey, go just like won a hand. dragon
1: egg. Good <laughs> job, Casey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, and then how does Casey meet her untimely Game of Thrones demise? Yep.
0: Who wants to go first?
1: You? I got this. Right. I got this. Casey's going out. liana Mormont. Style. <laughs> <laughs> so. She's got the White Walker giant, and she takes it out right through the eye. No fear. Just like, I know what needs to be done. I'm going to do it. This is how it goes. Boom. You always know what the right path is, and you always know the thing that needs to be done, no matter what. And you get it done, girl. So, Liana Mormont.
2: Thank you so nice of you to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love how you, we are, like, grateful for you. Yes.
1: For I know. <laughs> Only in this universe, guys.
0: Yep. Okay, so uh, I'm going to end on this one. Crap. So, Casey, I'm not saying you're Cersei. Okay. okay. You're not Cersei. But I do think that if you... <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, this is going to go so poorly. Oh, so no, poorly. It's,
1: <laughs> it's like the car's all over again. <laughs> I know.
0: So, you're not Cersei, but I could totally see you... Believing in some kind of cause so much. And then, I don't know why. Not that, okay. Still to oh die my God. on. This, this, still to die this on. Terr- <laughs> <laughs> de- she didn't die in this part. There's two scenes. The scene where she has to walk through the city naked. And people are booing and spitting at her. And she still raises up. And like, she still fights through it. Like, I don't care what you guys think. I'm going to fulfill my purpose, right? So, there. You would do it in a much more... Nice way. Yeah. I'm just thinking um, about, about death. her death. I mean, you death. think about her death, she just crumbles. She, she's at the bottom with her, her brother.
2: <laughs> with her, yeah. Oh, incest. Yeah, she's so, with brother. So you would be holding on a- to my values. Yes, <laughs> <incestuous laughs> <and just
1: crumbles. laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, hilarious. Sad. But as you know, that's only an alternate universe, and in reality, we all live to uh, fight another day, and hopefully, we will live to pop culture play another day
0: and that's a wrap for our first summer minisode on the pop culture playground six degrees of education a sincere thank you for joining us on this journey as we advocate for adult learners and aim to contribute to this community with genuine conversations about education leadership and topics that matter to you if you'd like to connect you can find us on our website thegroundedlearnersguild.com and on twitter at groundedlguild at cbeacher at techcoachm And at Jenny Labrie, using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Feedback is a powerful tool. Might you consider leaving us a review? It helps us to keep growing, allows us to bring you quality and customized content, and assists in getting this content into others' hands, or better put, ears. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, so you are notified when our newest episodes are released. Thanks again for joining us. Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, on this mini of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the playground. And even though it's summer, do your best to stay grounded.